We know you can't get enough of your favorite flavors. Luckily, Kroger Free Pickup makes it easy to grab what you need without any surprise fees. Whether it's extra buns for the barbecue or those chips you just can't quit, start your cart with the Kroger app. Kroger, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply, subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Ah, I think you guys need an explanation on what happened and what is going on with my RSS feed. <laughs> if you've been paying attention on Twitter, Facebook, or even on my Patreon account, you would have known that I accidentally deleted my old feed. What does that mean? I lost all my episodes. Almost 90 episodes of Tangents with Toby is gone, except YouTube has most of them. So what I have to do is I have to go onto YouTube, download them, cut them, splice them, merge them, then repost them on my new RSS feed. So if you don't want to miss a show, make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcast or Spotify. I'm now officially realizing being on those two majors is a must. Like, no doubt about it. For the longest time, I thought, you know, I don't need them. Screw them. What's the point? They don't need my podcast. <laughs> no, they might not need my podcast, but I sure need them. <laughs> All right. Today, this one, I'm going to be talking about motocross. One of the reasons why is this past weekend was round number one for the arena cross circuit down in the States. And watching it, uh, watching the review, or the clips, highlights, things like that, it just, it made me think back to the days of like 20 years ago. God damn, it's been that long. Where 20 years ago plus, where I would go hang out with my friends out at the track, groom it, watch them, just doing simple things like that. It was a good times, it was a great times. It was times where you forgot what the world was doing, what the world was saying. If it's raining, oh well. You just look at the time and be like, okay, two o'clock, it lets up. So let's load up our bike on the trailer, let's get going. And two o'clock, let's head out to the track and let's go running. Like, it was a place literally to disconnect from the world and it was wonderful. Now, you're so connected to the world, getting disconnected is almost impossible. It's doable, but almost impossible. So in this episode, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be reliving certain memories that I have of back in the day at races, uh, watching it on TV, things like that. It's just kind of reminiscing with the good, fun times that we had when we were younger, that we took for granted. It's nothing that bad. It's just a part of life. Everybody does it. All right, so Regina, every year, they have the Nationals. Their track 
is freaking huge. There's basically two parts. There is a part up top, and there is a part in the valley. Uh, few things wrong with that one. When it's raining, that valley is absolutely horrible. And if you don't have tires to suit that valley and that mud, you're screwed. You're going to be stuck in the valley and they're going to have to pull you out on the quad. Trust me. I've seen it. So the one time it was Hoyman, his brother Rod, and myself, we were going from Wayburn Tree Giant to go to the Nationals. You know, three guys, motocross, woohoo, honk. Why did I just honk? <laughs> anyway. So it was like 15, 20 bucks to get in. And uh, they're like, well, uncle, get in the trunk. It's like, all right. So I go, I crawl into the trunk and I'm back there. They pull up, they look inside and goes, how many people you got? Oh, we got two. All right, so car load is $25. And I'm in the truck going, car load's 25 bucks and I'm sitting in a trunk? How stupid is this? So we, uh, we pay, well, they paid. We get in, we go to our spot. I crawl out through the back, into the back seat. Then I crawl out. Hoyman <coughs> looks at me and goes, Apparently it's by car load <laughs> and not by person. It's like, yeah, I kind of figured that out. So we get out, we're walking around and you know, we see everything. It was misty slash rainy. It was horrible weather. Then we met our uh, local Weyburn rider, Cody. So we start talking to Cody and Cody's like, yeah, I'm gonna really hate this because the valley's slick as hell. So whatever start talking and Cody's like okay gotta go so we run up to the edge of the valley to see what all the hoopla is and holy man when these guys got out of the valley they were just plastered usually when you come out of the valley you hit the jump and people weren't they were barely making it out the only people who would actually get out of the valley no problem we're the people with sponsors brand new tires uh, done up bikes so they can get the speed get up clear the double otherwise if it was you and me we would be kissing the handlebars first second gear revving the piss out of it just trying to get out of the valley so Hoyman and I were still watching away and one guy exact what I just described he was trying to get out of the valley he was looking down at his handlebar just trying to keep the weight over the center so he doesn't fall backwards and he was kind of losing his path he, we knew where he was going to go all of a sudden he starts moving to the right moving to the right Hoyman and I were looking at this guy I looked at him and it's like is this guy going to hit me Hoyman goes if he hits you, he hits me too. And nah, I think he's good. And at the last second, this guy looks up, sees us, yells, OF, and as he turns on the grass to get back on the track, he looks at us, he goes, hey guys, 
everything keeps going. So Holman and I started laughing. It was, it was priceless. Can't deny that part. Just continuing to watch. Oh, here comes Cody. Goes around. Hits the berm. Front tire gets washed out. Boof. He biffs it. Like, when I mean he biffs it, he biffs it so hard, his handlebar breaks. That's how bad he biffed it. When he got up, he had this huge clump of mud that was stuck to his helmet. So he reached around, got the back of his helmet, and started scraping the mud off. And this thing was as big as basketball. So Cody, he was stuck down in the valley. He couldn't get out. He couldn't push his bike. It was way too muddy. It just, it was horrible. So what happened was the pit crews, they'd go around, hook, a rope to the front of the bike and pull the bike out of the valley. Well, once Cody got the bike out of the valley, he told Hoyman to go talk to a bunch of people, see if anybody has any spare handlebars. Before Hoyman takes off, one of the pro riders approaches Cody and goes, do you have a set of handlebars. Cody's like, no. He goes, go to my tri- uh, go to my pit, talk to my dad. We have about three spare parts. He'll give you one. Put it on. Get your ass out there. And he takes off. So we push up. We're looking. And as we pass the wash bay, that wash bay was absolutely full. And I mean full of people washing their bikes. Cody looks at me and goes, okay, what I need you to do is I need you to go (coughs) to the person who controls the time for the starting gate and tell him to hold for a few more minutes. It's like, okay. So I run. There's me with a camera, bag, everything like that. And I'm trying to holler at this guy. I'm waving my arms. The guy looks at me. And I'm waving him over, and he just wouldn't budge. So he eventually did come over, and he looks at me with this face like, how dare you? What? It's like, you got to hold off for a couple more minutes, at least five. Cody, he's putting on a brand new set of bars. He's working as hard as he possibly can. The guy looks over at the pit, looks at me. Tell Cody tough. He has to hurry up. Turns around and walks away. And I'm looking at the guy. It's like, dude, shut up. So I ran back. It's like, Cody, the guy basically told me to F off. Cody turns, looks, and goes, oh, no, not that guy. So you had Cody on one side. You had Hoyman's brother on the other. Hoyman's brother on the other. (laughs) That's that's kind of funny. And they were... They're tearing the handlebars off. And you're thinking, well, you have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But the catch is, they had to take the grips off because that new bike or the new handlebars didn't have grips. All said and done, they got it. Cody was probably at least 30 seconds to a minute late. As soon as he got to that opening gate, he just boof. He let her go. He went from dead last to at least half, like mid-pack. So just just imagine. I know it's from 
last place to mid-pack. But I think he could have really, really did good in that heat. The following heat, I think he did get in the top three. But yeah, that guy just wanted bitch slap it. Uh, yeah, sneaking in, doing that. Right. There has been a few riders that I've seen in my life that made me just sit there and go in awe. If you're an old school tangents person, you would know I did my top five favorite motocross riders and Blair Morgan was one of them. When you don't hang out, don't watch, or don't see professional riders when they come to your track for the very first time it's just absolutely amazing and absolutely in awe because when Blair came to our track, our track you know it's a speed track there's really no tight corners there's nice round berms sandy so of course if you don't have the proper tire you're going to be a little bit hooped ooh fog light up there was the finish line, you come over, you hit a sweeper to the, or kind of like a hairpin, but not really, like, it, it's more of a horseshoe shape to the right, then a nice big sweeper to the left, then you hit a nice straightaway right past the starting gates, and then it starts over again. Blair was so perfect, so beautiful, so on time that when he hits that big sweeper after that horseshoe, he was, I'm gonna say inches. I was young, it seemed like he was riding on the top of the bird. He was probably six inches away from the top. But when he went around, the rooster tail he left, it was flawless, there was no breaks. It was just absolutely beautiful. It was almost like poetry in motion. It was just that damn good. Like, <coughs> I just, <coughs> there's no words to describe it. And he was so good. He actually raced on the Canadian Pro Circuit. And when he went up to Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, his track at his house was the track for Prince Albert. It was amazing. The only thing that really sucked about Prince Albert's track is it had rocks everywhere. So people were saying, do not get behind anybody. If you see somebody in the corner, go low and stay back or else you're going to get pelted. Dan got hit a few times and he was pelted. <laughs> the marks that he had on his body the next day was just unbelievable. But yeah, Blair. It, he was literally the poet. That's how perfect his riding technique was. Uh, Derek Jensen. I have to throw that name out. He was, before his age, he was an unbelievable rider. He could almost be a half a lap above second place when he was in first. His bike was tuned, his dad knew what he was talking about. It was absolutely magnificent watching this guy. So the one day Dan blew his bike and his dad was getting pissed off. He knew 
Derek's dad. So he goes, hey, do you have a spare bike that Dan can ride? He blew up his bike and he haven't got the parts for it. So Derek's dad's like, oh yeah, you can just take up Derek's backup bike. And if his bike screws up, you got to realize that we need it back. So Dan's dad's like, oh yeah, not a problem. Uh, at least Dan gets to ride since he already put the money in. And if it's just for one, yeah, go for it. So Dan hops on, does the little practice, comes back to the pit. He looks at Pete and I and goes, oh my God, this bike is powerful. Derek comes over and looks at Dan and goes, so how do you like the bike? He goes, that is a powerful bike. Derek laughs and goes, yeah, but it's not as powerful as my main one. Dan's looking and goes, what? Oh yeah, that's just my backup. I use it for practicing things like that. He goes, are you serious? He goes, oh yeah, after the race, I'll let you ride this one and see what you think of it. So Dan's like, sure. But Dan actually did better on that Suzuki than he would on his Kawasaki. I give him credit. It was pretty good. And there was also a bunch of things that, to this day, it's popped into my head once in a while about Derek. One... Uh, when he was at the starting gate I had a bottle of pop in my hand I would help Dan as he got his path uh, the marker like the path set for the starting gate and Derek's looking around going um I need help I go over I grab a hold of his bike he's like dude go so Derek looks at me and goes and fixes his uh, starting gate he looks and says thanks he's like not a problem so I go back second one is Derek's dad was so advanced on his technique of riding I don't know where his dad came from but it was unbelievable the two things that I remember from Derek and his dad was it was raining and Derek had an extension of like plastic on his visor so it went out about another six inches from his helmet then from the visor to the helmet itself was all packed with duct tape. And I'm, we're all looking at him. And Derek goes, it basically helps the rain not hit my face with the extended visor. And with the duct tape between my visor and my helmet, it will reduce the water from going down in between getting into my eyes for my goggles. And he goes, it also helps when you're behind somebody throwing roost to put your head down a bit to use that plastic of your helmet as a little bit of goggles. Then when you're racing, it washes, it saves the tear-offs. It's great. It's a great hack my dad told me. I love it. So it's like, oh, okay. The one race that everybody at the Weyburn track was mind ball. There was a kid from North Dakota. He was so good. Like Derek was number one. He was either number one or number two if something happened. Like Derek was the top 80cc rider in Saskatchewan. But one year there was a guy from North Dakota exact same number as Derek and he had a big X for it. He kept to himself didn't say anything but it was just unbelievable because 
Derek had a half a lap upon the person behind him. And this ADX was half a lap in front of Derek. So just think, ADX was in first place, half a lap on Derek. Derek was in second, half a lap on third. It was no contest. Like, Derek basically almost wanted to stop trying just because he would have never, ever caught up to this ADX. Rumors started swirling after, at school, that number 80X would basically skip school at the end of the day to go out the track and ride. We were just joking, saying, could you imagine the dad's gas bill? <laughs> but hey, if my kid was that good, I think so. few more stories. One more story when it comes to Hoyman. Him and Chad, they were talking about bikes. And of course, Hoyman, he goes, yeah, I'm thinking about getting a four-stroke. I'm not sure. So Chad goes, why don't you take my uh, 450F and see if you like it? Hoyman's like, all right, here's my 250. Go for it. So we're watching him. And at Wavering's uphill double, you can tell Hoyman's getting ready. He goes, he hits it. He's up. Flies through the air. He overshoots it and he stiff as a board. He lands and he continues to drive straight. Kind of gets off the track a bit, comes to reality, turns, gets back on the track and finishes lap. He comes back. If we look at him and go, too fast? Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I think I'll stick with my 250. Uh, the two-stroke, four-stroke, anybody knows, they handle a lot different. With the two-stroke, you need the power band to give you power. Where four-strokes, they tend to give you more powers. Ooh, fog's gone. Through the, the gear. So it just... It's interesting when it comes to the technique of both engines. Which I thought was kind of interesting, but more more funny that Hoyman overshot the jump by like 10-20 feet landed kept going then he fixed and continued on his way <coughs> oh, the great times I tell you the one person I need to have a respect for alright I've seen you know Derek go from 80cc to a 125 having people make fun of him because he had like a 19 piece of crap Honda from like 1987 without even disc brakes on it people laughing at him going kid you're going to get destroyed blah, 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 blah. by the end of the race Derek came in first but that's that wasn't the real point about this part of the story worthy his family owns Terry's Yamaha in Weyburn. And Worthy has to be one of the most respected dirt biker that I can give. He doesn't ride anymore. He actually helps his dad out with the shop. 
the reason why I give him so much respect for the person he is, there was a time where he was moving from ADCC to 125, just like what Derek did. The only difference was with Worthy's races, the 80 and the 125 were back-to-back. So what would happen is Worthy's dad and brother, going from 80 to 125, they'd kind of go get everything ready. Once they were told to line up, Worthy's dad would park the bike right at the gate then when the final checkered flag came out Worthy would ride over to the pit crew dump his bike run over to the finish line Worthy's dad would have already started up already warmed it he would have hopped on then within god like one to two minutes he would grab his drink get ready and boom, another 20 minutes plus it'll happen. So, once the 125 class was done, he would go back to the pit and sleep. That guy had an unbelievable result for both races. But to this day, I don't know how he did it physically and mentally. Like, he was just that good of a rider. That whole family was like Terry Yamaha produces some of the best riders in Saskatchewan. Oh, it's because they have Yamahas, and Yamahas is one of the best. Yeah. All right, so that's basically going to be about it for today. Hopefully, you enjoyed it because I know I love talking about those good old times, like the one time. Hoyman followed me to the outhouse with a shovel and he started beating the side of the outhouse with the shovel as I was trying to go poop. I even have a screenshot of the day that it happened on Facebook. <coughs> anyway, thanks for tuning in. Uh, make sure you subscribe and like on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. Make sure you head over to YouTube, subscribe to that because you have probably 85% of the episodes over there so if you missed anything that got accidentally deleted you can watch it there I will eventually pull everything from YouTube put it onto this RSS feed to try fixing what I effed up but in the meantime you guys for all you hardcore dedicated guys I tip my hat off I love you I also have a Patreon which I can't remember the address. I think it's like patreon.com forward slash tangents with Toby or tangents Toby, one of the two. If you just go to my Twitter at tangents Toby, there will be posts where you can actually go on and click on. The one thing about with Patreon, I am slowly starting to get membership plans up and going. If you have any ideas, shoot me an email at tangentswithtoby at gmail.com and I'll try making it come true. But, ah, yeah, I better get going. 
Well, I will talk to you later and hopefully see you next week. Make sure you like, follow, share, subscribe, and tell people on what happened and that they need to rescribe to this RSS feed to make sure that they don't lose anything. Because come on, you're my family and family is awesome.